0: Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin or struggle to feel like you even have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there's so much more in there, you just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you just want to know the Bible better and you're looking for any resource to help? Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We are two sisters. I'm Erica. I'm Veronica. We love to study the Bible and we love to help others understand it better. When it comes to our own study of scripture, we have found that in bringing back the context of scripture, it actually adds to our understanding. It adds color to the black and white pages of the text. 46, 46 (laughs) seconds. I was gonna say 47. I think it was 46.
1: You're just slower. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't breathe as much as you do, apparently. Well, you know. This is our ongoing intro. Right. But, Erica, we left last week. We, I think, told what would make an amazing movie. I think we did a pretty good job with it. So, And this week, we're going to pick up that movie feel. Right. And continue on as we tell the story. I won't doubt you this time. I think we will get through chapter two. (laughs) Thanks. You proved me wrong last week. So when we left last week, we kind of, it faded out on Xerxes sitting on his throne, Mm -hmm. longingly looked to his side.
0: As an empty throne. With an empty throne. Right.
1: So do you want to pick us up in chapter two? Are we opening up to this? Like it faded out. We went to a commercial break for a week and now we've oh, yeah. come back. That's a
0: long commercial.
1: <laughs> and we've come back and now it's fading back in and we still have Xerxes.
0: We've at least got the empty throne still. Okay. And, you know, so we see this, the the spotlights on this empty throne. And in the background, there's all this hustle and bustle happening. Mm-hmm. And as we overhear the servants talking, we realize it's been a rough few months days as Xerxes is getting really some commentary say it's four years between chapter one and chapter two he went off and had a war and Mm -hmm. lost and came back and there was no wife to greet him and (laughs) fawn over him him. (laughs) yes and pretend he didn't lose with him and so it's he's in a bad mood and Mm -hmm. when kings get in bad moods People lose their heads. Mm-hmm. And so the servants are all freaking out going, we have got to find him a woman soon. And so they hatch a plot and the king is thrilled with it because it's never say no. Right. Of course. But truthfully, this frat boy would be thrilled with it because it's let's find every single beautiful Virgin, right?
1: Well, we ended with chapter one being all the women were going to disrespect their husbands. So it only makes sense. All the beautiful virgins. That all have to come in now. Have to come to the king now.
0: Tad bit of exaggeration. If a king really did that, I think his people would rebel. Oh my word. Yes. So just a quick thought. Pick some from just one city. Right. (laughs) Exactly. But no, from everywhere.
1: So then is our camera kind of panning out to... Just the entire kingdom, and you're just seeing women gathering together, being gathered up. Yes, all these beautiful women. Streams of women
0: flowing into the palace. Yes, and then it focuses in on one house, Mm -hmm. and it's probably a nice house. Well taken care of, and there's this elderly man.
1: But before we go to that elderly man, there's actually going to pop up... Do you yes. remember what we talked about? Yeah, I was, I
0: okay. was going to turn that one over to okay. you.
1: But before we focus in on this man, we're going to have a... You
0: flashback.
1: Know, a, yes, flashback to so many years prior. Yes. And who are we going to see in that flashback?
0: We're going to see King Saul, actually, Veronica. And, and in a very popular, not popular, but well-known yes. position where he's fighting the Amalekites. And he's supposed to kill them all. He was given a command by God. To through kill. Saul, through Samuel. To kill them all. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He leaves a certain one alive. Only the king. Agag <laughs> the king. Only the king. Yes. Samuel then comes and kills him. Mm-hmm. But Saul doesn't. Mm-hmm. Saul fails. Mm-hmm. And then that flashback is going to jump into the future. It's kind of
1: going to like trickle through from Saul's descendants to this descendant, to this descendant, to this descendant. And you're going to then rush through a whole family lineage and now come to this elderly man. You're like, oh. And focus in on the man.
0: He's a descendant of King Saul. Mm -hmm. This, enter one of our heroes. Mm -hmm. This is Mordecai. And as Mordecai is in, he's Jewish and you look around, you see a Torah scroll, Mm -hmm. you see kosher food, kosher food, and maybe he's studying Mm -hmm. and in walks this beautiful younger woman Mm -hmm. and you realize, and you learn she's an orphan. Which we are told twice. She's an orphan. You know, Mm -hmm. the camera wants you to recognize how vulnerable Mm -hmm. she is. She has no father or mother. No father. And this elderly man is taking good care of her, but she has nobody else. Mm -hmm. And they have a good, sweet relationship. And you realize she's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And then you hear it. The knock at the door. And who's standing outside? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The king's attendants. And you can feel the ominous music. You just wonder if they were waiting.
1: Right. Like they, uh, their eyes lock and it's like,
2: oh, oh the you time know, has come.
0: Yes. And she looks at Mordecai and he just, it's okay. And he whispers in her ear, I'll take care of you. I work at the palace. I will check in on you. But then he whispers something else. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what it is he whispered. Mm-hmm. And she gets taken away mm-hmm. to the palace. This Mm -hmm. beautiful woman. And what happens, Ronica? What do they do with her? Well,
1: so then the movie scene changes now. We're in this harem and it's just all these beautiful women. And it's almost like an assembly line going through beauty treatment,
0: beauty treatment.
1: Six months of this, six months of that. And you just see all these women just working their way.
0: Which is very excessive. Six months, 12 (laughs) months. Oh,
1: my word. Can you imagine but she's also during that time, she's not working the crowd, right? But but she's mingling. Yes, she's getting to know, and you're watching yes. as more people are just drawn drawn to, to her, her. Yeah. notice her, attr- are attracted to her. Yes, until we get to who, air, er?
0: the man in charge of the harem. Yes, and he sees her and recognizes there's something special in her. He's going to take her under his wing and then you get this training montage. It's almost like the camera angle splits, you know how they do that, a split mm-hmm. screen. And so on one side of the screen, Veronica, you have her as he's training her for these 12 months, taking her through the beauty treatments, giving her all that she needs to know mm-hmm. to survive. And on the other side, you see women going in and out of Xerxes' door, mm-hmm. like, in that night out the next morning next night in the mm-hmm. next night out the next morning like woman after woman after woman and you realize this is what she's in for mm-hmm. just one and done one of many and then you go to the harem and you're never called for again unless the king wants you right you can't go home can't go home you can't never get married right you're just stuck in this life of yeah opulence all your needs are met physical But there's nothing you can do. Right. You can't escape.
1: Right. You don't have the freedom to come and go as you please. Right. But you have
0: no purpose. Right.
1: And you're sitting around waiting to die.
0: Right. Oh, it sounds horrible. Yes. Absolutely horrible. Not the fun. (laughs) (laughs) So they don't focus on that too much because I think they still want to keep it somewhat lighthearted. But there's tension around Esther. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to our girl, Esther? And then we learn what it was Mordecai whispered in her ear. Mm-hmm. And he whispered in her ear, don't tell anyone you're Jewish. Mm-hmm. Keep it a secret. Now, I remember Veronica reading that and never really thinking much oh, about totally. what that meant.
1: Right. Okay, fine. I just don't tell people my race. Right. Big deal. I just. Big deal. She mu- and she must not look, the Jew must not look too different. Right. Or they blend in enough that, okay, there's no distinguishing features.
0: Well, she took off her clothes and now she's wearing the clothes from the harem.
1: Right. And maybe veiled. But it actually goes, and here's where, well, we'll get there in a minute with Daniel. But here's where to be a Jew Mm -hmm. affects every single decision. Mm -hmm. The food you eat, what you don't eat. Having a Sabbath rest, mm-hmm. and if it's a full year, there's fest, there's seven festivals yep. that you should be doing. Having for a woman, having her cycle come every month, there's certain right. things that you do or you don't do. So all of a sudden, every Esther, your everyday life, yes. your habits you've had for all these years, turn it off and don't do it. Right? Don't even think about it. Right? You know. So when you're eating with everybody. Eat the bacon. Eat like everybody. Right. Don't. Right. I mean, Mordecai essentially said, blend in. Right. Look like everybody else. Right. Which is, in essence, turning your back on your covenant. Right. You are supposed to. One of the ways people knew the Jews were in covenant with God was how they lived. God didn't give those laws to say, here's how to save you. I'm going to go on a tangent for a minute. He gave those Laws to say, here's how to be set apart from the rest of the world. Amen. you will look different mm-hmm. in your clothing, in your food you eat. If you're a boy, you'll be circumcised. Every week you'll have a Sabbath rest. every month you'll have this. every every year we have this. There was so many things God said to help remind you, right? You're my people, you've okay. been set apart. Mm-hmm. And so this would be Esther going, I don't have a parents. I don't have a family. And in essence, by turning my back on being Jewish, I don't have a people. Right. I'm alone. That's I have, a heavy theme. I have nothing. And right. I'm in this palace right. to wow a king with a one night stand.
0: Esther, we're not trying to say Esther's wrong. No. But we're also not saying she's Right. Right. Because we're helping you understand and unpack the moral dilemma. (laughs) Right. There's there's a huge moral ambiguity Mm -hmm. because we often, Veronica, will look at these books and we don't know how to read them. So we say, be like Vashti, be like Esther or be Esther in a Queen Vashti world. (laughs) But that's not the point, Mm -hmm. because the author doesn't tell you if she's right or wrong here. If Mordecai's right or wrong. Right. All the author does is say, here's the decision they made. Mm hmm. And the point is God used their decision right or wrong. God still had a plan mm-hmm. and he was going to work it out even in the midst of this moral ambiguity gray zone. Mm-hmm. And, and Esther's in a hard position
2: mm-hmm.
0: because she didn't ask for this. All of the verbs in right. this chapter are all passive she was taken Mm -hmm. she was put here she was sent here Mm -hmm. none of this is her choice Mm -hmm. so she's doing her best to survive
1: she's kind of if we're going to that idea of the camera she's just being pushed along with the crowd yes you know she's in a sea of women just being pushed on this assembly line
0: but she does little things to make herself get noticed right she's still smart and shrewd she's got some street smarts. yes I yes. forget how I said it. she's street a virgin smarts harem smarts? yes is that what That's you what said it was. it was harem smarts for yes. being a
1: virgin she has some harem smarts yeah she knows how to deal with people right
0: and men right and, <laughs> and obviously men yes Um, so that's because if you look at the book of Daniel, right, Daniel chapter one, Daniel and his buddies refuse to eat the king's food, the king's food, they would rather die Mm -hmm. than transgress their covenant and Mm -hmm. God honors them. Mm -hmm. And obviously they made the right choice. Like that's an obvious in Mm -hmm. Daniel one. And it set them up. Your husband
1: said in our Daniel three
0: podcast,
1: if they wouldn't have taken a stand on something little like food yeah, would they have been able in Daniel three yes. to take a stand and refuse to worship with the statue? Yes. so you have progre- you have a story building, but we can't take Daniel's ideas right in lessons and throw it into Esther because then we miss right. What was going on? because I'm gonna jump in and read this real quick. Yeah. Life isn't always neat and tidy. This comes from one of my commentaries. There are time there comes a day when we find ourselves in a situation where right and wrong are not so clearly defined. And every choice seems to be a troubling mixture of bad and good. But here's the great thing we learn about God. He's not that vengeful, angry God like you read in the Greeks and the Roman stories. But we serve a loving God who disciplines out of love and blesses out of grace. We don't know if Esther was right or wrong. Just like sometimes we don't know the right or the wrong decision. But we do know we can trust God to work and move regardless. Which
0: is so encouraging because how many times have you sat there? I know I've prayed, like, Lord, show me what to do. I just want to do the right thing. Right. Show me what it is. And you walk away frustrated, feeling like, God, you didn't show me. Right. I know. This isn't a sin. This
1: isn't a, there's obvious times God goes, that's a sin. Don't
0: do it. Right. If it's a sin, if it's a definite, like, right. you're wrong, Right, you don't choose to sin. This is that gray area where you go, I could see either Do side. I take this job or that job? Do mm-hmm. I take this house or that house?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This city or do I move to that city? Do mm-hmm. I stay or do I move? This church or that church? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. God, mm-hmm. tell me which one. And sometimes he does, mm-hmm. but sometimes he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's learning to trust. Sorry, I think I cut you off.
2: No,
1: no, I kind of cut you off, so. But I think with it, because sometimes when we're dealing with other people in relationships, sin gets messy and going, okay, this is, I can see some of this is sin, but sometimes I don't know where my response needs to be and how to deal with that. Yeah, You know, okay, it's not complete sin. We're all just not getting along. Uh, you know, I'll make up a scenario. We're all just not getting along and I'm not sure, hmm. do I separate? Do we work it out? How do we work it out? Who ge- Where's the compromise? Right. You know, both sides have equal issues Issues. <laughs> yes. and both sides have valid arguments. Right. So where's that compromise? Where do God, do I just completely give up my thoughts and ideas and go with theirs? Right. For the sake of unity? Or
0: do I say, no, I think we have some things. I have something to bring to the table. I think Mm -hmm. you need to compromise too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot in life. There's gray. Yes. There's as I get older and I apologize if I offend people, (laughs) but there's gray. Yeah. And sometimes you can honestly say, God, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And so here's where the, the amazing thing about our God is you do pray for wisdom. Mm-hmm. You seek godly counsel and then you make a decision and you move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you trust God in the outcome that mm-hmm. even if for whatever reason I made the wrong decision, you are still, my heart was to make the right decision. Right. My heart was to obey you, Lord. So I'm going to trust you in this decision. Right.
1: Because let's go back to Esther. So if Esther would have said, I'm a Jew, I don't eat that, I need a Sabbath. And
0: I can't sleep with the Gentile king for one night, I refuse. She's done. She's dead. End of story. Right. <laughs> and then she's not there in chapter 5 and 6. Right. And 7, 8, and 9. And ten. Right. Right. <laughs> you mean the rest of the oh, book there? the rest <laughs> of the book, yeah. Sorry. The rest of the movie, she's gone. Right. I mean, that's the end of the story. Right. And it also removes, like, if everybody finds out she's Jewish, well, Haman's plot never happens right you don't see god get to show up you don't see
1: god get to deal with some of these because if we go back to king egg egg in some of these loose ends that have needed to be tied up even from exodus right with the amalekites right and so and and that's not that god couldn't bring somebody else along but if
0: every jew stood up and said can't do it right then god uses even our uncertain decisions yes God is big enough, powerful enough. Mm -hmm. When we're not sure, Mm -hmm. and we make a decision, God can still use that. Mm -hmm. That's all we're saying. Yes, I know. In case we start digging (laughs) a deeper hole, there's obvious sins. Yes, don't. There is no gray area. Yes, (laughs) yes. If it's a sin, you don't get to say, "Well, I can sin and God can use it." But what we're trying to do is we're trying to flesh out. Here's where Esther and Mordecai are of right.
1: What do we do? It's right. so easy on the outside to look and go, Oh, yes. well, that's an obvious. You should have done this, this, and this. And it's like, well, maybe, but put yourself, think of how it's yes. playing out. And again, keep in mind, this is all over the top, extreme exaggeration with all this right. grandeur in what she's yes. going through. Yes. Because it's ultimately bringing us to a point of somebody needs to fill that throne. Right. That seat. We're looking for who's going to be the one. So do you want to go back, Erica, to the split screen? Esther's over
0: here. Oh, yeah. Because we didn't really complete that. We've no. got the assembly line in and out of his the bedroom. The door opening, closing, right. opening, closing. <laughs> and Esther's doing her training montage. Mm-hmm. And then finally we come, you know, the the, the the split screen disappears. It focuses on Esther. Going to the door. And, the, you know, the harem director's like, okay, you're ready. You can do this. You're prepared, and you feel like there's silence. She's going to the door. It opens up she enters in and it shuts and you're just left wondering, is she going to be one and done? Is he going to kill her? What's going to happen? And then the next thing you see Xerxes and Esther are sitting on their thrones Mm -hmm. and there's a crown on her head and everybody's cheering Mm -hmm. and he is gazing at her with eyes full Mm -hmm. of adoration and love and my newbie (laughs) love. Well, I was going to use a different word, but I thought I'd be nice. And he's just, my new queen, all praise Esther. Mm -hmm. And everybody's cheering. And the movie scenes, you know, the camera angle spans the crowd. And in the background, you see Mordecai. Mm -hmm. And they do that. And you see into his eyes. And he and Esther make eye contact. And they both smile and nod. Mm -hmm. And you realize he's still there Mm -hmm. taking care of her, watching over her. And she's okay. Mm -hmm. But as you look back at her throne... You get a sick feeling because you remember that's Vashti's throne and mm-hmm. she got kicked out pretty quickly. She lost it pretty easily. Right. So Esther's position isn't the most secure. She's on top of the ba- heap right now, mm-hmm. but she can get kicked out just as quickly. It's a precarious position. It, it's is. kind of
1: like it's almost like that throne is balancing on like the tip of a triangle. And it's yes. just kind of weaving, wobbling. Yes. No. Right there. Yes. Everything's good right now. But But it doesn't take much to take take this king off and that throne comes toppling down. Right.
0: Now we've learned a lot about Esther. She's a shrewd Mm -hmm. clever girl. She's not choosing any of this but she's reacting well. Right. To all of it. She has learned how to carry herself and handle herself and so you watch as she you know moves down the hallway and interacts with other nobles and servants Mm -hmm. and she's quick. Mm -hmm. She's picked this up really fast and you're watching as she's eating and all of a sudden you see her grab a piece of bacon and Kind of grimace, but she eats it. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's still hiding the fact that she's Jewish. Mm -hmm. Just in case you were wondering, as far as everybody else is concerned, she's still a Gentile woman. Right. And now she's got power, mm, kind of. Right. Next to the frat boy next to her. Right. And then the scene changes. And it kind of almost, you know, maybe it goes to like, um, oh, a police report. Oh, yeah. And you hear what happened because this... All of the embellishments, all of the fun and the lightheartedness disappears at verse 19 to yes. the end of the
1: chapter. Yes.
0: And it becomes like just the facts, ma'am. And so somebody, the camera angles kind of like black and white all of a mm-hmm. sudden. And it switches to a policeman talking to mm-hmm. a servant in the palace and they let you know. Mordecai found out these two servants, oh, you know these two servants were going to kill the king, and thankfully the king found out well, how did they find out oh uh, mordecai, Mordecai told um who did he tell, oh esther, the new queen, he told the queen, and she told the king, and the king was able to arrest those and so you know, and you see these two men get taken out with their handcuffed behind their back Arr, and, We were doing, you know, we'll want our justice and our say, and the police and the door shuts on them. Yes, (laughs) and you know what's about to happen to them, Mm -hmm. but you find out in this quick little scene, Mm -hmm. Mordecai and Esther have communication somehow, Mm -hmm. and Mordecai saved the king's life, Mm -hmm. and the policeman goes, and what happened to Mordecai? How did the king respond, ma'am? Oh, I don't think he did anything for Mordecai. Mm -hmm
1: you know and you're just kind of left
0: with that little it's left
1: with that blank of wait there should be a reward like right. the reward is not that reward section on the police report is if, not
0: filled out right it's empty because if you're a king you need your servants to want to protect you yeah other and so you reward them when they save your life well, abundantly abundantly so that more servants get the idea in fact the irony is Xerxes was killed later. He died by servants letting in assassins into his bedroom. Well. So maybe Mordecai wasn't the only servant he (laughs) forgot to reward. But you want to reward your servants for taking care of you. And in this story where
1: the king is never say no and it's super excessive over the top. Right. You would think a
0: reward would be. Over the top. Equally over the top. Right. But Oh. That's the empty part on mm-hmm. the police report right there. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. It kind of like oh. flutters down. Right, yes. <laughs> the disapp- paper just it, it, flutters it, into the yes. hall behind a curtain. And you're, we close out focusing in on that lack of reward. Mm-hmm. And Esther walks by talking to someone about how thankful she is that the servant Mordecai got her word. Mm-hmm. And the doors close. Mm-hmm. And that's how
1: the that scene, scene ends. Yes, <laughs> that's the end of chapter two, which hopefully... You're enjoying this picture we're are narrating our movie. <laughs> right. It's
0: we're having fun narrating it. Right. But
1: so next week come you know, again, read ahead. Read every week. Right. Start your own picture of how would you play this out as a movie. If scene. you turned it into a movie scene, what yes. would you do? And as you're doing it, you know, find the little kids around you, whether it's grandchildren or nieces and nephews or your own children or right. that you teach at church or at school. Give them this. Start teaching them how to see these stories in Scripture come alive. Right. Because you can turn this around and have such good conversation of what would you have done? Right. What do you think? What would your counsel be? Right. You know, if you were Esther and Mordecai, what would you be? What's your body language? How are you communicating with each
0: other? okay. Yeah, know. In front of everybody, do you do the, <laughs> okay. Thumbs hands, up. Yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> yes. yeah. And while you're reading it, like see the, the fun level, like right. have fun. It's supposed to be, we got serious on this one. Cause that, because there's two levels. There's the fun right. level and there's that deep question level of where's God in the midst of this. Right. His name has not been mentioned yet. Right. There's you know. been no
1: Any hint
0: of even God showing up. What does God think of all of this? What about his people? What's Mm -hmm. happening to them? Is Esther going to be okay? There's those multiple levels here. Mm -hmm. The fun level, the serious, Mm -hmm. deeper level. How do you wrestle with these issues? Right,
1: right. Because essentially, in a way, Esther represents or epitomizes the pathos of the Jewish people. Yes. In short, she had no home. She had no family. And Israel itself is an orphan and a stranger in a foreign land. Yep. Esther's identity will become the people's identity as this story goes on. Yep.
0: Very yeah, that's a great way to put it. Thanks
1: for joining us. This is the podcast of the context and color (laughs) of the Bible. Not sure where that came from. Uh, as always, we would love it if you would on whatever platform you listen to that you would rate or review us. Mm -hmm. It just every review helps push us up to make it more accessible. More noticeable to others because we're having fun teaching the Bible. And hopefully, you're having other, fun listening. We and, want other people yes. to hear and learn as, along with us. Yep. So, have a good week. Bye bye.